Whew. Wow. We're going to dismiss the kids because um, we were supposed to do that already. But it wasn't Sean's fault. I wasn't waving to him and pointing at the kids and then waving some more. All right. So it's awesome to meet with the Holy Spirit, isn't it? When he's here and he's moving, he's always moving. It's just about us being open to it. And it's about us realizing it. And it's about us letting him into our hearts and then that overflow, right? So I'm really excited to uh, kind of round out our series on the Holy Spirit today. I know where I think I'm going. Actually, I know where I'm prepared to go. But I just want you to be patient and open to what the Holy Spirit has because I, I know God's doing something today in hearts. Um, I know he's doing something in my heart. Um, so are you ready to just go on this adventure with me? Because <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Listen, so today we're finishing up um, our Holy Spirit series. Actually, you know what? Let's pray first. But before we do that, um, just we're going to lift up Mark Reynolds in, in prayer right now. Um, he needs a touch from the Lord. I, I know you've been following Lori's updates on Facebook, and that's great, uh, but he's not out of the woods. So we need to just lift him up in prayer. I know so many people have been lifting him up in prayer, and it's been so incredible to see God's body working together. Just as soon as Thursday night this happened and, and the words went out, I was, I was in the movie theater, and so I like kind of got texts and, and trying to figure out what am I doing, and I just got call after call after call after call after call from people saying, did you hear about Mark? Did you hear about Mark? So we opened up the, the church, and we had people coming in here, but people were home praying and just seeing the body acting like the body and working together. Even though we couldn't do anything physically, we knew that we're not the ones that can do anything physically. It's God. We know that we're not the ones who can heal heal mark it's god we know that we're not the ones who can fix every situation that we've gone through this year last year 2020 who can it's god okay so we're just gonna move forward today knowing and trusting that the holy spirit is working all right so let's pray let's lift our hands up god we love you and we come before you today with thankful hearts that we don't have to worry about the future we come before you today with thankful hearts that we can just lean into you and rely on your Holy Spirit to flow, rely on your Holy Spirit to do what you've sent him to do, because it's not about us. We can't do any of it alone. So I pray that you'll open our hearts today to what you have to say to us. But right now, in this moment, we pray that you will put your healing hand on Mark and heal him. Right in that hospital bed right now, be with him, be with Lori as she gets to be there with him today, which is awesome. And we pray that you will just touch his body, mend everything that needs to be mended, take out anything that needs to be taken out, and put back anything that needs to be put back, God. Because you know his body better than the doctors ever will, because you knit him together in his mother's womb. And for any hearts here that are broken, any physical healing that needs to happen here today, it's not just when we're really desperate and we're really sick and we really need something. We know that you can heal us where we are in this moment. So I pray for anybody in this room who needs healing right now that you will wash over them and give them emotional healing, give them physical healing. But Lord, open our hearts, if our hearts aren't open already, to receive what you have for us from your word today. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tasha, I need a tissue or two. That would be wonderful. Thank you. I don't know what's wrong with me today, guys. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. 
We're finishing up our series on the Holy Spirit today. It's been really awesome to go through this with all of you and to see God working in hearts and lives of people as they, as, as they start to truly get it. Like, this is what the Holy Spirit does in my life. This is, what the Holy, this is who the Holy Spirit is. He is God. He is living inside of me. He does heal. He does move. He does perform miracles, right? So don't forget that. As we move on from this series, don't just say, that was nice. And then three months from now, be in the same desperate place that we were without realizing who the Holy Spirit is inside of us. That's not what this is about. We don't come to church just to hear a nice message. We come to church to be transformed so that we can go out and spread the gospel so that other people can be transformed, right? So that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing this. Because it doesn't matter, to, it, it doesn't matter uh, where the Holy Spirit moves to God. It, this is a building. This is great. We, we gather together to fellowship. We gather together to worship. But what matters is what's going on in here so that we can take it out there, all right? So the first thing that we want to talk about, uh, well, when we're talking today, we're ending our series just talking about being guided by the Spirit because we've talked about all the things that the Spirit does, and there's so much more about the Holy Spirit that we could be getting into, and we'll get into it eventually someday. But there was, there was just like a point where we had to say, okay, we have other things we have to get to now too, but there's the gifts of the Spirit. There's what he does with the miracles. There's so much that we could talk about. We could probably spend three years, right, and then start over again. But, um, you know, as we, as we finish out this series, we're talking about being guided by the Holy Spirit. We talked about living in the Spirit last week and what that looks like and showing that fruit of the Spirit in our lives so that other people can see it so that other people can see what living a spirit-filled life looks like. Because if we're not showing that fruit, then other people aren't going to want what that is. And then it's, you're not going to be effective, right? So today, what does it look like to be guided by the Holy Spirit? First thing you need to know is that we cannot forget why the Holy Spirit was given to us in the first place. We can't forget why the Holy Spirit was given to us in the first place. He was given to us so that we could receive power. Acts 1.8 says it perfectly. It's kind of been our theme this whole time. And Jesus says, here's the knowledge you need. You will receive power. Everybody say power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses first here in Jerusalem and then beyond to Judea and Samaria. And finally, where? To the farthest places on earth. That means everywhere, right? It's not just Jesus talking to his disciples, telling them to go to Jerusalem and then to Judea and Samaria and, oh, you know, don't, for, don't worry about all the other places. To the farthest places on earth. Because Jesus, on earth, as a man, is God, right? So he knew that there's way more beyond our little scope right here. There's way more, that, that need, there's way more people that need to be touched and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit and need to know about what Jesus did for us on the cross than in our own little circles. So for, to the farthest places on earth, go and preach the gospel, but you don't have to do it alone because I'm going to give you power, right? Wow. So he gave us the Holy Spirit so we'd have power to be his witnesses. Again, we talked about that power a little bit last week. What it looks like to be his witness doesn't mean just evangelizing. It also means living the life that Jesus has called us to live. 
And this power beyond, uh, extends into different gifts as well. There's motivational gifts, which we, we, we talk about in this church a lot. We talked about different gifts of serving and, and, and all of the different ways that God has gifted you to serve the church. But there's other gifts too, the supernatural gifts. And there are, there are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy. There's so many things. And I really encourage you, if you're curious... Look it up. <laughs> start to do the research yourself because it doesn't have to be just here that we talk about it, right? So start to do the research yourself and start to understand all that the Holy Spirit does so that you can unlock that in your own life, okay? So I want to talk to you about something that happened in the Old Testament a little bit today before we finish out uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, but we actually sang about it today, too. But um, we're going to talk about the cloud and fire. Everybody say cloud and fire. You know, you know that line in the song? Uh, you know, the, you, uh, hold on. Anyway, talks about the cloud and the fire. I can't think <laughs> right now about it. But... Um, Exodus 13, 21 through 22 uh, is talking about the Israelites, okay? And to give you some background, the Israelites have escaped from Egypt after lots and lots and lots and lots of trial. Not only did they go through the 10 plagues, but they also were in slavery for years, okay? Reading through the Bible, uh, again, I always try to read through the Bible every year at the beginning of the year. So, uh, you know, I just got through Genesis and talking about Joseph and his role in Egypt and what happened. And it was so great that he was elevated to a place of, of power and able to be such a voice of influence to Pharaoh. But then something happened before the book of Exodus, right? And now the Israelites are enslaved in Egypt. And God calls Moses to come and go into Egypt. And to uh, he put him in a place so that he could lead the people out of Egypt. But they had to go through a lot of stuff first, right? A lot of stuff. And I'm going to let you read it yourself, but read the book of Exodus. You can read about the plagues. You can read about the things that happened and that they had to go through in order to get to where they're at. So at this point, the Israelites are in, they're, they're wandering away from Egypt. They are, they are going away from Egypt. They finally escaped. So Exodus 13, 21 through 22 starts off by saying, The Eternal went on ahead to guide them during the day in a cloud shaped like a pillar. At night, he appeared to them in a fire shaped like a pillar to light their way. So they were able to travel by day and by night. The Eternal did not remove the cloud pillar or the fire pillar. He did not remove it by day and by night. It continued to go ahead of the people. All right. So this was new ground, and the Israelites had no idea what was going to happen. They knew that this is where God was leading them, but they had no idea what that was going to look like. They had no idea what, what even the next step was going to look like. This scripture is before Moses parted the Red Sea and the, Israelite, uh, the Egyptians were chasing after them. And then the Red Sea falls and they see their enemies fall behind them. God is guiding them with a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. And I want you to think about that for a second because it's not normal. <laughs> It's not normal. We have lights. Like, it's great we have modern technology. We have flashlights. We have street lights. We have, we have the stars and the moon, and that's awesome. But they needed more, and God gave them more. He guided them, and they knew it was God. That was the thing. They knew it was God. It wasn't just, oh, that's a nice cloud. It was like this pillar of cloud that they're following. It wasn't just, well, uh, you know, we're just going to try to wander in the dark. No, God said the pillar of fire. This actually happened. Okay, so they knew that God was the one that was guiding them. 
And even though their situation and the promise that was given to them was much better than where they came from, right? Much better. Imagine being a slave to people that really didn't like you. I'm sure that there are many that were scared and they didn't know what to expect. I'm sure there were many that were wandering and, and just following because their families were going. But I'm sure that the emotions that they're going through was, this is all I've known. This is, I'm, I'm going from my home. Yeah, it was bad, but it was still my home. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going to get eaten out here? Are we going to get killed by something worse? But God made a promise that he was going to go with them, and he did not fail them. Okay? So this whole group of people led by Moses had a pillar of cloud in the day that would guide them where they were going, and a pillar of fire at, light, at night so it would light their way. This was a physical representation of God, guiding them to where he was leading them. They had God physically with them. That's awesome, right? And have you heard that and said, man, I wish God was physically with me? Wouldn't it be great to just kind of see that in front of you? Like, I'm about to walk into a trial. I'm about to walk into an interview that I have no idea what to expect. I'm about to walk into a situation at work that I don't want to have to deal with. I'm about to walk into a situation with kids or with family members that is just so hard. I'm about to walk into a situation with my spouse that I don't know what it's going to end up like. But if God was going right before me, that would be so cool because I know that he's fighting for me. First of all, you know Jesus is praying for you all the time, right? <laughs> Which is great. That's awesome. Because if you could hear Jesus, I don't know where I read this, but if you could hear Jesus praying for you in the next room, like you wouldn't be scared at all. <laughs> so don't forget that because he is. He's praying for you all the time. So if God was physically with me and I could see that, I could see him ready to go to battle for me, that would be incredible. The Israelites had God physically with them. They could see it. I know you probably know where I'm going with this, but hold on. So today, though, we don't, we, there's no more cloud and there's no more fire that we can physically see. If there is, I'd like to talk to you because there's one of two things happening. Either you need help or there's something really awesome happening. I want that too, okay? But just to tell you something, we don't need a cloud or a pillar of fire to follow. We don't. The Israelites did, but we don't. This was a miracle, and it was incredible for the people that had no guidance or direction in a land that they were wandering in without a map. This was before phones. This was before GPS. This was before maps. This was before a lot of this has been explored. There's just wilderness. Where am I going? What am I doing? They had never been here, and they were torn from anything they knew or were familiar with. So... What do we do when we're in a place that we've never been before? And we're torn because we don't know what's going to come. We are not familiar with the situation. We don't know what the next few months is going to look like. Six months ago, we didn't know what was going to happen when Pastor Craig left, right? As a church. But God has been so faithful. And the Holy Spirit has moved so mightily. And he's still continuing to move, not just in our church, but in our community. Two years ago, when COVID started, we had no idea what was going to happen. Two weeks to flatten the curve, right? So we're just like, yeah, awesome. Let's keep going. And then we just kept extending it out. We're like, man, yeah, it's fine. And then they kept extending more. And we're like, okay, this is getting a little, a little tough. So Science doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> it changes all the time, right? We know, we know that we're trying to do the best that we can to show God's love. And we're trying to do the best that we can to not rely on man, but to rely on God. 
But what do we do when we're in this place that we don't know what the next direction is going to be? There's so much going on right now in our world, in our community, in our church, in your life. Maybe you've been through something that has nothing to do with what we've talked about. Mark and Lori had no idea that this is this time last Sunday. They had no idea that they were going to be in the hospital room today. They thought they were going to be sitting right there where they always sit. Right. They had no idea what that was going to look like. But the Holy Spirit is with them and guiding them. We've never been here before. But do we need to have a cloud or fire? No, because we've got something better. What could be better than God walking before me? What could be better than following the physical representation of God? We have God inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit. Because he promised that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Holy Spirit, we got the Holy Spirit when we asked Jesus to be the leader of our lives, right? It's up to us whether or not to let him use us. It's up to us whether or not to let him wash over us and then be used by him to do the things that he wants to do. Because it doesn't do any good to just know God's there but then not listen to him. It doesn't do any good to know God's there but not let him guide us. Okay? And we can't do it on our own. We can read and read and read and read scripture all that we want, and we can journal. But if we're not asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of scripture to us as we're reading it, then it's not going to do any good. <laughs> right? It's just like reading a book. We can't do that. We need to read scripture with the, with the heart and the mind that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal his truth to us so that we can live the way that Jesus has called us to live. Does this make sense? So we have something better than a cloud or fire. We have, the Holy, we have the Holy Spirit, who is God living inside of us. He's the same God who led the Israelites out of the wilderness. He's the same God who made the walls of Jericho fall down. He's the same God who made the sun stand still so that Joshua could win the battle. He's the same God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, just because he loves us so much that he wants to live forever with us. He is the God living inside of us. And if that doesn't make you excited, then there's something wrong. Okay, because we have that power. We have access to that power. Okay, so you cannot forget that. And it's easy to forget when we're going through loss. It's easy to forget when we're going through marital problems. It's easy to forget when we're thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt and we just don't know what we're going to do next. It's so easy to forget that God is inside of us and the Holy Spirit is wants to guide us we need to listen to him i'm going to throw up a list of scriptures so that you can write them down because i'm not going to read them all to you today but first corinthians 3 16 second corinthians 6 16 first corinthians 6 19 romans 8 11 they all talk about how the holy spirit is inside of us okay so write these down take a picture so you can go back on your own and read so that you know it's not just me yelling at you that's the that's not what i want to do I want to be up here telling you the truth of God's word, but I want you to go and study yourself. And if you see something different, and if you see something wrong, and if you're like, man, I don't think that's in scripture, I want you to approach me so we can talk about it, okay? Because that's what we do when we love each other, right? And we can talk about it rather than just say, well, oh, well. Oh, well, I guess I'll go to a different church because I didn't agree with something that was said, okay? Sorry. Did that hurt somebody? I'm sorry. So I'm not sorry. 
So the Bible, though, is filled with only truth, okay? And if you believe that, then you can rest assured that the Holy Spirit does live inside of you because the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So if you believe that the Bible's true, then you believe that the Holy Spirit's inside of you, and you don't have to do any of this on your own. You don't have to go through your trials on your own. You don't have to figure out what the next step is on your own because you know that he is there inside of you. It's like the cloud and the, and the fire, but better. Because how could you get closer than God walking in front of you with having him inside of you? So you might be asking me then, what if I can't hear him? What if I can't hear God? What if I can't hear the Holy Spirit? You say he's inside of me, and that's awesome, but all I've been doing is praying and seeking and trying and trying and trying to hear him. Well, listen, my question to you would be, what else are you listening to? What else are you filling your mind with? Philippians 4, 8 through 9 is a very familiar scripture. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. If you're not filling your mind with things that are of God, then of course you're not going to be hearing the Holy Spirit. If you're, not, if you're filling your mind with junk, then you're going to be hearing junk. And you might be praying, God, I need you to speak to me. Thank you, amen. And then you just go and do whatever you want to do. You go gossip with your coworker. You go home and you look at things you should not be looking at. You listen to things you should not be listening to. Okay? So if you're filling your mind with the junk, that's what's going to come out. If you're filling your mind with the junk, that's what you're going to be hearing. You need to be filling your mind with things that are good. Everybody say good. Oh, there's more to the scripture too. <laughs> so after he gives us the list of things to fill our minds with, keep to the script. Whatever you learned and received and heard and saw in me, do it. And the God of peace will walk with you. All right? Not just walk in front of you so you have to follow him. He's going to walk with you because he's inside of you. Do what he's telling you to do. Fill your minds with the good things that he's telling you to fill your minds with. Every step of the journey for the last two years and beyond has had to be led by the Holy Spirit, at least for us. And I don't know about you guys, okay? Because if we're doing this on their own, if we, if we were doing this on our own, Tasha and I would probably be living somewhere warm right now. Uh, and um, we'd be sitting on a beach or something. But that's not <laughs> what God has for us, okay? That's not what God has for us. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit, and we have to hear him. And in order to hear him, then we have to be filling our minds with things that are of him. Good conversation. Doesn't mean it's always going to be easy conversation. You have, to, you have to approach the difficult things and talk about the difficult things with people, and that's not easy, but it's way better than junky gossip with other people, right? So don't fall into that trap because then you're not going to be hearing clearly from the Holy Spirit. And I don't think we get that most of the time. So I'm telling you today, write it down. Don't fill your minds with gossip. Don't fill your minds with movies that are just going to 
completely utter, uh, utterly destroy your sense of reality. Don't read all of the books out there that say, well, the Bible's great, and also there's truth here, and also there's truth over here. And all we have to do is just put it all together to make one big ball of truth for you and for you and for you, because that's not true. The Bible is the truth. God's word is the truth. This is just a book. This piece of pa- these pieces of paper mean nothing, right? It's, it's the God's word that lives inside of here because I have access to it. How awesome is it that we have access to God's word every day? I was watching a YouTube video of this, this like, uh, she's really um, abrasive, <laughs> but she just talks, like, she kind of goes into culture today. And how, you know, sometimes we just don't have time to read God's word. Sometimes we just don't have time to go to church because we're so busy. But she did a YouTube video of, like, a first century Christian uh, talking to some, uh, a modern Christian. And the first century Christian was talking about all of the things that they were going through and all the torture that they were going through and having to having to serve the Lord and, uh, and, and be scared of dying all the time. And this... The uh, modern Christian goes, yeah, I know what you mean. The other day, somebody totally said a mean comment about me online. And she was talking to her about uh, how, you know, we have the Bible. She has the Bible. She has the words of Christ. And the first century Christian is like, you have the words of Jesus. You have access to it at any time. And you, I bet you read it all the time. And this one goes, yeah, sometimes, I guess, when I'm not busy. But that's us, right? That's the church today. We have access to the words of Christ in front of us anytime we want it. And even if it's not a paper Bible, it's on your phone. (laughs) You have access to it. So fill your minds with it. How how hard is it to take an hour each day? I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to anybody else. Take an hour each day to read the Bible when we take three hours to binge a Netflix series. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Are you guys okay? Cool. I'm glad. So God is constantly walking with you. He wants to speak to you and he wants to guide you, but your job is to let him and to listen to him and to not fill your minds with things that are going to keep you from hearing him. Don't fill your minds with junk because that's going to be the first thing I ask somebody when they're like, Pastor Zach, I'm just having a really hard time hearing the Holy Spirit. I say, okay, what did you watch on TV last night? No, don't, don't ask me that. I'm just, I'm here, to, I'm here to, for you to tell me why I'm not hearing the Holy Spirit. All right, uh, show me your Spotify playlist. I said don't ask me that, okay? If you want to hear from him, you've got to listen to him and not other sources. So how do I do that then? How do I hear from him? The first thing we need to do is let go of the sin in our life that's holding us back. Okay? Uh, Romans 8, 12 through 14. I marked it in my Bible because Natasha told me I needed to mark these things in my Bible. So I knew where I was turning. So thank you. You're amazing. (laughs) So Romans 8, 12 through 14 says, So my brothers and sisters, you owe the flesh nothing. You owe the flesh nothing. You do not need to live according to its ways, so abandon its oppressive regime. For if your life is just about satisfying the impulses of your sinful nature, then prepare to die. That's pretty forward. But if you've invited the Spirit to destroy these selfish desires, you will experience life. 
If the Spirit of God is leading you, then take comfort in knowing that you are his children. First thing you have to do is let go of the things that are holding you back. Let go of the sin that you're holding on to. Let go of the things that your flesh wants you to do. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you don't really want to hear from the Holy Spirit. If you're not willing to let go of the junk, then that's all you're going to have. Okay? So let go of it. The flesh holds you back. The voice translation calls it the oppressive regime. Right? It's oppressing you. The things that are not of God. Does that mean everything you've ever wanted in life is flesh and it's not Jesus? No. But it's pretty easy to, to tell the difference. It's pretty easy to discern. As long as you're in his word. So the flesh holds you back. But the spirit empowers you to live a life worthy of the calling you have because you're God's kid. Okay? So how do we hear from the Holy Spirit? Well, you get to abide in Christ. You hear that all the time. You might be here, sitting here being like, all I hear is from that pulpit is abide, 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 abide. There's a reason. <laughs> okay? But what does it actually mean to abide in Christ? John 15, 7 says that if we abide in him, anything we ask will come to pass for us. Abiding in Christ means sitting at his feet. Think of Mary and Martha, okay? Don't get so busy that you're not listening to Jesus sitting at his feet. Abiding in Christ means being in his word. Abiding in Christ means spending time praying, not just 10 minutes at the beginning of your day and 10 minutes at the end of your day and calling it good, okay? Abiding in Christ means spending the time with him. Because the more that you do that, the more that he's going to open your heart to what the Holy Spirit has for you. And then you'll be able to do the things that the Spirit's empowered you to do. Okay? You got it? Sweet. So when it says that anything we ask will come to pass for us, though, does that mean that we're going to get a million dollars tomorrow if we're abiding in Christ? Because I'm abiding in Christ and I'm asking for it. It does mean that the more you focus on God's word, what abide means, the more you're going to want God's will to be done. And then if you ask for God's will, he's not going to hold it back from you. He's not going to hold back his good and perfect will from you. But you need to know what God's will is, and you're not going to know what God's will is if you're not abiding in his word. And if you're not spending time praying, if you're not asking him what his will is. You got it? Cool. You guys are awesome. So um, it kind of goes along with this and kind of doesn't, but um, I, I really wanted to share this with you today because I really feel like it's going to um, touch somebody's heart. Uh, we had two funerals here yesterday um, at, at the church. It was, it was a long day, but it was awesome because we got to celebrate the lives of two very different people, but people that touched so many lives. Um, one of them was Nancy Steves. If you knew Nancy Steves, then you loved Nancy Steves because she was, I, I said this yesterday, she was one of my absolute favorite people on this planet and I, I am not lying when I tell you that because she was just the most joyful person in the midst of anything that she ever went through and I know that she had her internal struggles because who doesn't especially when she got told that she was dying of cancer nobody wants to hear that right and obviously you're going to be really sad about it obviously you're going to struggle with that but the life that she lived for Jesus was so obvious for anybody that knew her so um, I have no doubt that Nancy was abiding in Christ. I have no doubt that she was living her life to please him. I have no doubt that she heard from him all the time. And so Lori shared a part of uh, Nancy's journal towards the end of her life. 
and it was really powerful. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to read this one section because it really stood out to me as somebody who really got it, who really understood why she was here, who really understood that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is working inside of us and that we can have life and live it abundantly even through all of our trials. She said, the cross of Jesus Christ stands as a beacon in a world gone bad. Life, hope, forgiveness, and changes really are possible. Mine would be a sad and dreary story if not for the rough-hewn tree of Golgotha. Death is the doorway to life. Hopelessness is the entrance to hope. Weakness is the place to find strength. We look at Calvary and sing of celebration, hope, and salvation. It is in the cross of Jesus that gives me hope and life. It is victory. The cross of Jesus Christ stands as a beacon in a world gone bad. There's a lot of bad things in our world. And when we're not abiding in Christ, when we're not living our lives for him, when we don't have the Holy Spirit speaking to us, because he's always going to be speaking to us if we're listening, but if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, if we're not aware that we have God living inside of us, telling us which direction to go, then the world gone bad is going to look a lot scarier and bigger than it actually is. Hopelessness is the entrance to hope. When we're hopeless, we know that on the other side, God has something so much better and so much bigger. Weakness is the place to find strength. When I know I can't do it on my own because I try and I try and I try, when I know that I have to rely on God's strength, that's when I'm going to be strong, right? You guys got it? Cool. So one last thing about Scripture as we talk about abiding in Christ. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, uh, except it only says 3.16 up there, but it's both. All of Scripture is God-breathed, and it's inspired voice. We hear useful teaching, rebuke, correction, instruction, and training for a life that is right so that God's people may be up to the task ahead and have all they need to accomplish every good work. And then... The next part, I will guess I will turn there. I did not mark this one, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tasha. <laughs> Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Um, 17 says, so that God's people may be up to the task ahead. And Oh, wait. I, it, already, it was on there. Sorry, Max. You're awesome. I just thought it was on two slides because <laughs> that's where my brain's at. All right. So that God's people may be up to the task ahead, have all they need to accomplish every good work because we are, uh, because we're abiding in scripture, because we're reading scripture, because we have it in our hearts. All scripture is breathed out by God. So of course he's going to use it to speak to us. So if you're like, I can't, I don't know what the Holy Spirit's trying to say. First thing, cut out the junk. Second thing, read the Bible. Because chances are, actually, not even chances are, definitely what he's trying to speak to you is going to be found in here. Okay? The Holy Spirit points out what we need to hear as we read through it. Allow him also to wash over you. Okay? Remember we talked about letting the Holy Spirit wash over us. We called it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's, it's letting him wash over us. When we have a spirit, when we letting the Spirit wash over us, being baptized in the Spirit, whatever you want to call it, then we have full access to what he wants to do through us. And that includes hearing him and being able to discern what he's saying. 
So what's the difference between the Israelites following the, following the fire and the cloud and the disciples in the New Testament? What's the difference? They both, both groups of people loved God, right? So why didn't the disciples need cloud and fire? Because they received the Holy Spirit, and then they let him wash over them so that they could truly uh, unlock the power that he had given them. Okay? And then they were able to go out and be his witnesses. They didn't sit and focus on all of the things that they needed and all the, all the issues that they were going through because they were letting the Holy Spirit work in their lives and through them. Okay? That's the difference. They didn't need to just follow that physical representation of God because they had God inside of us. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they surrendered to what he wanted to do. And read the book of Acts, and it's filled and filled and filled with stories of the disciples doing God's work. Things like uh, people dragging their loved ones and then like uh, people going and just touching the shadow of Peter because she knows that she's going to be healed because she knows what she's seen happen through Peter. And that's the Holy Spirit working inside of them. It's not Peter. It wasn't just Peter's shadow. That didn't matter. What mattered was the Holy Spirit working inside of Peter and working through Peter. So listen to him. If we, we can't hear if we're not listening. How many times do we pray and pray and pray and pray and then pray some more and beg God to speak to us and beg God to speak to us and just ask him, Lord, I just can't hear you. I don't know what's going on. But then we forget to sit and listen because we have to go to work. Okay, well, I've just asked you over and over and over again, and I didn't hear from you, so I'm going. I'm going to work. Guess I'll have to wait. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Sit and listen. Take more time than just five minutes of begging God to speak to you and listen to him. The Holy Spirit is speaking through God's word. He's speaking through other people. That happens to me way more often than, um, than I've even asked, but that's how I ask him to speak to me because I know it's him when somebody comes up to me and they just like read my mail right to me. And I'm like, whew, all right, that was the Holy Spirit because there's no way you knew that, right? The Holy Spirit uses other people to speak to you. You guys following? You got this? God's got this, right? So as we close out the series, it's important to not forget the, forget the gift that God gives us when we allow the Spirit to dwell within us. We need to allow the Spirit to dwell within us. We need to allow the Spirit to wash over us. And then we need to do the work ourselves too, right? We need to get rid of the junk so that we can hear from Him. Because I'm going to tell you, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me every step of the way, I have no idea what my life would look like, but I know I wouldn't want to be part of it. Okay? I would not be in the place that I'm at right now. I don't know where I would be, but what I do know is that I wouldn't be received, I wouldn't have the blessings that God has given to me if I didn't let the Holy Spirit lead me. So we need to let him lead us through everything that we go through. How do we get through the next year? How do we get through the next few months? How do we get through the next two weeks? One step at a time, doing what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. We got it? I'm going to invite the worship band up um, because I want to open up the altars. And there's so many people in here that are just going through stuff. How do I get through stuff? I do that by trusting in the Holy Spirit. So the worship band is going to come up here. We're going to play Egypt, but it doesn't have to be fancy. Just come up here and say, Holy Spirit, I'm ready to hear from you. 
lay down whatever you need to lay down at the altar. If you have sin in your life, junk that you need to get rid of, it doesn't have to be just a big old confession to somebody and crying. Like It's good to have accountability. That's awesome. Okay? But it starts by saying, God, here it is. I'm laying it down at your feet. I'm laying it at the cross, and now I'm ready to move on. If you've already done that and you're still struggling to hear from the Holy Spirit, don't give up. Come forward and say, I want to hear from you. So why don't you stand with us? And we're just going to open up the altars. And if you don't come up to the altar, that's fine. Sit, Stay at your seat and just worship. Lift up your hands to God. Surrender everything to God. When we're done, Natasha's going to close us in prayer.
by the fury of your love, you stepped into my Egypt, you took me by the hand, you marched me out in freedom, into the promised land, now I will not forget you, no, I'll sing of all you've done, death is swallowed up forever, by the fury of your love, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah, you have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah, you have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, you have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, person that you used to be. Remember back when God saved you and thank him for that. Jesus, we thank you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for all that you've done for us, for bringing us out of Egypt. God, you know all the bondages that we've carried in our past. God, you know the things that maybe for some of us today are still a weight. But you pulled us out of Egypt. And we can walk in freedom because of what you have done. And we are grateful. We don't deserve this kind of goodness. We don't deserve your grace. But God, thank you for extending it to us. Thank you for fighting on behalf of your people. Lord, I pray over every person, every family, every situation that's represented in this room and watching online. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go to every corner, go to every burden, go to every situation, God, that feels overwhelming, that cannot be contained, that we can't even begin to figure out how to get out of the hole or the stuff that we're in. And God, I pray that you would bring them freedom. You know every weight that's being carried. You know every situation that's represented. And Father, I pray life, hope, 
and joy in the name of Jesus, that there will be freedom, that this isn't the end of the story. And what we face today, even as dark as it looks, this is not the end of the story because our God fights for us. God, I pray for every weary soul that's tired, that doesn't know how to even pray over the situations that they're facing. Father, I pray for hope and that, God, you would give them the strength that they need to stand. In your word, you lifted up Moses' arms during the battle. And God, I pray that you would lift their arms and send your guardian angels to encamp around about them. That God, when they feel weary and weak, like they can't take another step, that it would be your spirit and your power giving them the strength to stand. Father, we thank you that when we face things that are overwhelming, that God, we don't have to face it alone. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit as a guide. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to be our power. God, may we apply this to our lives and not leave it here. But God, may we bring it with us and apply it to our lives each and every day. God, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're going to do. We thank you in advance for the testimonies that we're going to hear because of what you have done. Because it's not about us and it's not what we can do in our flesh. But God, we know that it's by your spirit. So we give you the praise and the glory for the lives set free, for the situations that will have peace, for the families that will be restored in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you fight on our behalf and we don't have to fear because you're always working on our side. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to, we have soup out there for $5.